Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel. And we have a special guest, first time to this show via the main canon episodes, <laughs> none, none of that spin-off stuff. We have... Pam. Uh, welcome, Pam. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about yourself and what you do and, and all that stuff? Sure. I'm Pam. I am a YouTuber, I guess. Um, I have a channel called Cannot Be Tamed, where I talk mostly about retro games, occasionally about some newer things. Um been gaming for most of my life and i've been a part of the cartridge club for a couple of years nice so I, I have a couple of questions these aren't gotcha questions like i usually have though uh they're they're more positive based uh so i was curious what are some of your favorite games uh i love rpgs especially computer role-playing games so like my top game sort of goes between planescape torment and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. They sort of like battle for number one. I also really like the Shadow Heart series. And oh, nice. I'm a big fan of platformers. So like Rayman is one of my favorites. And XCOM because I like strategy too. You play so many games that I they get like don't like I get so it's really weird. Um <laughs> I have this really weird aversion to pc role-playing games and i don't know what it is about it growing up like i only had consoles and for some reason pc games pc rpg specifically felt very strange and foreign to me compared to most of the stuff i was playing so like i tried playing planescape torment because everybody's like the the dialogue is really good and all that stuff and i i just i couldn't get into it it was like this is weird why am i play i'm playing an rpg on my computer uh this doesn't seem right where's my console so yeah that's pretty cool hey. Yeah, they're definitely a lot more, especially Planescape is a lot more dialogue focused. You know, not many, not much action, not a whole lot of cutscenes or things, a lot of reading. So it's definitely a different experience than most. That's awesome. And it's getting a, like a remaster, isn't it? Um, It got an enhanced edition a few years ago, and now it's coming to consoles. Right. I, I mean, I'm happy more people will play it, but... I can't imagine playing it on a console. That sounds terrible. <laughs> That's fair. And uh, the other question I had was, um, what are you playing in the recent days? I've been playing. I just uh, put a bunch of hours into the new Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which was a lot of fun. Um, two releases came out on Friday that I was really looking forward to. Uh, Wolfen's Dying Youngblood, mm -hmm. and then uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which oh, yeah. is my first Fire Emblem. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we can talk about Fire Emblem now, because that's an excellent segue. Unless you have anything else you'd like to say or plug or anything like that. No, we can go right into Fire awesome. Emblem. Awesome. Fire I have, Emblem. I have a comment for Pam first, if it's oh, all right. yeah, by all means. So Pam was on a bonus, bonus barrel episode with Seiji. Um, mm -hmm. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because the bonus bonus barrels are probably the best episodes. <laughs> Unless not true. they're not canon, you can um. skip them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so my comment is: Thanks, Pam, for not stealing the 
Cartridge Club Game of the Month idea and making us completely irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, Fire Emblem came out, like, what, yesterday? Two days yeah, ago? Uh, Friday. I can't keep track anymore. I've been playing a ton of it. Like, I haven't had a game where I... It takes... I don't... How do I say this? I haven't had a game that I haven't want to put down to do other stuff for in a while. Like, I have games I, I like and enjoy most games that I play, but... This one's one of the ones where I'm like, eh, I could work on some something productive, but instead I can lay on the couch dying in the heat when playing this game instead, which is mostly what I've been doing. What do you guys make of well, I know you don't have it, Sagey, but maybe maybe hearing us talk about it and our and our enthusiasm will be will make you want to play it. But uh yeah, it's so yeah, the latest fire emblem in the series just came out for the old switch. What do you what do you guys think of uh it so far? I don't I think the term it. is love. Yeah. Am I using that right? I love it. You love it? Have you never felt <laughs> love before? I'm not sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it's usually just a, a growing pit of darkness inside me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. <laughs> I uh huge fan of Awakening, uh, mm-hmm. which was my first Fire Emblem game. Mine too. Um, and that was I thought that was fantastic. That just totally grabbed me. After playing that, I went and bought every other Fire Emblem game in the series and then never played any of them. Because that's <laughs> That's what collectors do. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very, very true. Yeah. So uh, then uh, Fates came out, uh, which also had Birthright. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it was If. Fire Emblem If. And it had Fates and Birthright in it. Right. Anyway, that that one came out, and I played through Birthright. And it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't exactly as awakening. Same here. Um, we can talk a little bit about Fire Emblem and, and in general, or more like, everything after fire Emblem awakening i, I guess uh yeah. but, but birthright is what i played as well because i did not want to go through the hardcore conquest mode even though i probably no. would like the characters more than that um but i did not get into it and and fuck the uh so fire Emblem awakening was was the game that i that introduced the the, the whole children thing and yeah. um uh, my partner she often says that fire Emblem's kind of become a waifu simulator because she's she's played almost all the all of the older ones or at least a lot of the older ones and the new ones she really likes the series a lot and and so we we she both we both like the fact that you could do the relationship building and then you can mix them up and, and have children because in here's a spoiler for awakening oh shit actually if you haven't played it pam is ah damn it do you know anything about it? okay you sure yeah last all right cool uh so yeah so there's a t- most people know anyways but there's a time skip in awakening and uh then you and then your future children or actually, actually i don't think there's a time skip anyway it's just shenanigans and your future children show up and uh that's cool that's really neat that was a good good twist to the game it's really fun it, it's it's a attractive feature to the game and then birthright because they can't go back because people all love that aspect of the game uh they had this convoluted dumb way of having your children show up via pocket dimensions where they age differently it was yeah. so stupid it made no sense i get it you want to have the kids in there just do a time skip don't don't oh man it just made me want to throw up it was so so dumb um, i'm glad that that's gone i, yeah, I think it's too. gone i mean i've been flirting with these students hardcore and none of them are <laughs> pregnant yet but i believe that that aspect is gone I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. If, I haven't read the spoilers or anything, but I, I think I recall reading in, in interviews or something like that that there's no uh, kids in this one, and no, no, like, no, no multiple marriages and all that stuff. So nice. Whatever, whatever. Uh, actually, I'd love to talk about 
I want to talk about the uh, the whole vibe of this game via being a teacher. But before that, I'm just I want to hear about your experiences with uh, this is your first Fire Emblem, Pam. So what do you think of it so far? And what did what did you hear about it before going in? I'm curious to know. I yeah, it's my first one. It never really appealed to me. I don't like anime. Um, I don't. I haven't liked a JRPG in twelve years. Lost Odyssey was the last one I played that I really liked. Mm. But I listened to the Waypoint podcast, and uh, they were talking about it on there, and all of the like the really good sort of character moments, and how you can like find secret skills for everyone mm. and um so it just sounded really interesting so i thought i would take a shot on it and so far i'm really really enjoying it i really like that it's got a strategic combat rather than your or more typical turn-based combat um i really like some of the characters and some of them <laughs> i hate like some of my characters are real duds and i kind of wish i could trade them away but i don't think that's that's a possibility but like um I'm on Golden Deer and I love Raphael who's just like this big dude who loves eating and oh, yeah. building his muscles and like his shirt doesn't button up properly <laughs> and he's just so happy all the time. I found, I found one of his buttons the other <laughs> yeah, day. Me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like him. Oh, sorry, keep going. Uh, yeah, I love like the teaching and getting like the little sort of events between two characters as they sort of build up a relationship. It's yeah. really neat. So uh, have you played it in the Persona games? I take it you haven't. I played a little bit of four, but I, d I didn't like it. Cool. Well, I, I, I do love the Persona series. And this um, this game is like the most... Well, first of all, Fire Emblem, uh, what was it called? Jesus, what was on the Wii U? Uh, Tokyo Mirage. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind Fire of, Emblem Cross Shimogami Tensei. Yeah, I, I love that game. And that felt very Persona-y. Uh, but I find that this game feels way more like Persona than than some Persona games I've played. It's structured very, very similar Uh it's except so so the social components of the game or the in the story stuff handles very much like uh a persona game including like instead of having like tokyo to go around via map you have this giant uh area your castle uh or monastery or whatever it is and, and it expands as you go in the story and in persona you usually unlock new areas that you can run around talk to people and, and build relationships and stuff so they're very very similar but then you have the gameplay of fire Emblem, which I think is much better than Persona's uh, turn-based JRPG battles. Like I like those, but I, I kind of like the strategy RPGs a bit more. Um, so it's like this really weird, wonderful blend of the two. But it, but it's like they borrowed so much from from how Persona games play that it, I, I I thought at first people were exaggerating a little bit, but it is very similar in structure. But but that's not a complaint because those are the, my favorite parts of Persona is is just running around, interacting with people, building up relationships, and, and unlocking stuff. Um, so that's pretty cool. And Sean, you chose the same house as me, right? Black, Black Eagle. Yeah, yeah. I went with Edge Lord and the Black Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Pam, Pam told me that we got a Twitter chat, Pam and Jake, and she was like, "Every time I read that name, I just see Edge Lord." So now I'm, I'm playing the game, and I just keep calling her Edge Lord. <laughs> Did you? Choose yeah, the, I'm with the them. Male or female character. Uh, I went with the female because the male okay. character has a stupid haircut. Fair. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, I, like I'm, I'm loving. It. I, I don't think there's any duds in the Black Eagles. I think they're all fantastic. I wasn't oh, no. super keen on uh, Dorothea and Lindhart on the first day, but after seeing some of the support discussions between them and getting to know them better, I just they're all fantastic. And I'm actually starting to plan out which um, students from the other houses I'm going to snipe. I'm taking. Yeah. I'm going to take Leone from the Golden Deers. And I'm going to take uh, Felix from the Blue Lions, I think. I've been I like working. both of them. So, yeah, it's worth saying. So at the beginning of the game, you basically choose which uh, of the... So so you're in this school kind of thing, and there is three classes that are kind of based off of three regions. Uh, as I understand it, they put students in classes kind of from the regions they come from. And so you kind of choose which one you're going to teach. And so there's like... Uh, I, I know there's Black Eagle, and I already forget the names of the other two. Uh, Blue lions, golden deer. Perfect. And each one of those kind of, there's a character that kind of represents them. And that's going to probably be your closest, like confident throughout the game. I think you become pretty entwined with the story. So basically, yeah, you're choosing one of three classes to lead, which each class comes with a set of students. I think eight for each one, including the, their representatives. Uh, there's nine total troops. So it would be the, the teacher makes nine. Oh, okay. I wasn't I counting the, the teacher. Or is it? No, I think that's right. I the think it makes 10. I think that's eight, right. I think it's eight plus nine or eight. Yeah, plus that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, you, so that's pretty cool. And it's going to have, I don't know what effect it'll have in the story ultimately, but it, it immediately changes your, your like uh pool of, of people. And what you can do is you can woo over other class members from different houses to try and get them into your class. So that's pretty fun. But man, okay, so I just I really want to talk about the undertones of this game. Uh, and and just <laughs> you are a teacher now. Yeah, they're like, okay, so you're around the same age as your students, and you're I think because I was looking at the bios and like some of them are 23 and stuff, and some of them are I think it goes as low as 15. So 15 to 23, your your character's age is a question mark question mark. So I guess you can rationalize it whatever way you want. Uh, 37. But you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So your 37 year old ass is like, uh, you know, you're like wooing students and bring them over to private tea time. I haven't even had that much. So like I have had one student from the Blue Lions, the like the muscular dude that protects Dimitri. I can't remember Mm -hmm. his name, who said you shouldn't spend too much time with me or with a man from wherever he's from. People will talk. And then. Oh, yeah. Dorothea uh, at one point said we were having a conversation about how she she's a commoner. And she's mm-hmm. trying to find a, a noble husband so that he can take care of her as she grows older. Because she right now she's beautiful and she's a singer and she realizes that won't yeah. last forever. Which is like a super sad commentary on humanity. But uh, <laughs> that's culture. True. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so in it, I, you know, I'm telling her, listen, you don't got to do that. Don't focus on that. Don't worry about that. And she's like, well, it's easy for you to say you're already rich. And then she's like, oh, wait, you're already rich. And then, so then she <laughs> says, you know, how about you take care of me forever? So me being altruistic i'm thinking all right well if i take care of her forever then she doesn't have to worry about all that skeevy stuff and she could just be safe uh, and happy and live with me so i said okay and then she was like whoa pump the brakes there creep i was kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay <for you. laughs> yeah well yeah, okay so, so when, if you play these types of games you usually i find that your mindset is well i gotta hit on i gotta hit on everybody until i find one i like i mean i have to match them but I usually you're, it's not my mindset at all that's my mindset and you're usually not simulator the person <laughs> you're not the person who's in a power position it's just interesting because of the current like uh climate and stuff like there's more and more attention being brought to stuff and uh so it's just weird especially nintendo to be releasing a game where you're a teacher in a position 
of authority where your ultimate goal is well you're not ultimate you don't have to marry anyone but let's be real here people play these games and they match people up that's what you do and no matter what unless you specifically don't go for any of the students it's kind of creepy am i wrong is that am i am i there's a so there's a a a point in this game where everybody leaves and there's a five-year jump and they all come back i think i don't know what happens if they come back to the monastery or you go to where they are but that it's you can't actually uh, engage in a romantic relationship with any of them until after they're no longer students. So it's totally okay, oh, based okay. on everything I've heard from university professors. <laughs> <laughs> How many have you interviewed yeah. before this? Uh, yeah, seven. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, to- but only the rich ones because I'm trying to find someone to take care of me. When they get- <laughs> Your looks are fading, Sean. You got you only have a couple more years left, buddy. That's right. My looks are fading. <laughs> but it's, it's I'm it's like, a- go ahead, man. I was just saying, it's weird because, like, there is that, like, power dynamic thing which makes it creepy. But at the same time, like, I'm trying to hit on everyone and I don't find I'm actually (laughs) succeeding at doing it. Like, I'm not being very forward. So, I don't know. All the conversations that I've had so far have been copacetic. And if it it jumps forward five years, that's okay. Mm. But I also had a high school English teacher who I found out, like, married one of his students like Whoa. a year after high school and then i was like oh oh yuck very uncomfortable yeah i don't know seven <laughs> he was in his 30s i think oh same adrian as you sean <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> um, uh, that's that's crazy because like so i'm walking around the monastery i take every chance i can so I'm not just getting to know my students because yeah. I am super attached to all of them now. I'm totally invested in them. I'm going to play it as soon as we stop recording. I really want to play it. <laughs> I'm starting to get attached to the, the students from the other houses. And in the back of my mind, like they're saying stuff and I'm saying things to encourage them. And I'm getting the little heart and the arrow up. And I'm like, oh, right on. And then all I keep thinking, like I'll walk away from that conversation thinking, I'm going to have to fight you. I'm going to have to kill you at some point. Well, like I'm all these, these, these 16 other students who are from the other houses, I assume we're going to end up being our enemies. And I don't want to, I don't want to hurt Claude. I like him, you know, but I'll put I, him down. I, I did want to ask, actually, this is a question I had earlier that I forgot about. Because, uh, uh, Pam, you mentioned that you didn't like certain characters. I was curious about to see which characters you guys liked and which ones you just so far can't stand. Because I'll, I'll go first. I can't stand uh, Bernadette. I think that, yeah. Oh, I love Bernadette. She's too annoying. It's just too much. It's too much. All right. Like, I get the whole shy introvert character. Reminds me a little bit of Jordan, who's a very close friend of mine. Uh, I'm sure she's going to love this character. But I'm just like, okay, just a little, you're, you're just a little bit too jumpy. I can't, I can't interact with you. It's- I have her developing a relationship with Ferdinand. I send them to the stables to groom the horses every uh, group task. And I've been bringing stuff to her door. I gave her a, a teddy bear for a gift. And uh, I go out and I talk to her all the time. Yeah, but I'm just thinking it. about how great it's going to be when she finally comes out of that show when that door is open. And the interactions between her and Ferdinand is really fun to watch. Okay. I like I like Bernadette quite a bit. Well, that's the one I don't like. Is there anyone you don't like? Oh, you like I don't like. Uh, I don't like. He's from the. I think he's from the Blue Lions. Lorenz. I don't know who anybody is. And I don't. I just don't like him based entirely on appearance. That's fair. Even the other, oh, even he's the other in my character. House. Oh, is he in your house? Yeah, I don't yeah. like him. It's rude. I, uh, he just—he looks like a worm. Does he? I can't. <laughs> I can't remember which one he is. So he doesn't have a stupid but... haircut. 
Oh, yeah, is that the like one with that... the, the bangs? The like the uh, the circle bangs? Where it's... yeah, yeah, like blue, kind of yeah. bowl yeah. cut. He's like a tall worm with a little hook nose. I don't like him. <laughs> How about you, Pam? I part of my problem is that there's a lot of the female characters are like, "Oh, don't put me in the battle. I'm so weak and useless." I'm like, okay, let's let's stop that. <laughs> so, um, one of my girls, Hilda is doesn't want to fight be, just because she's lazy not because yeah, she doesn't yeah. think she's good she's just lazy which i mean i guess I like um that. and then at first i didn't like marianne uh she's very self-deprecating she doesn't like anytime anyone's nice to her she's like no no don't be nice to me i'll i'll ruin you or something yeah. um so she, I, I'm sort of growing fond with, of her now as i'm sort of pairing her off with people who are bringing mm. her out of her shell but yeah, I do find like between Marianne and Bernadette, they're they're a little similar. Like Marianne's not quite as as scared of everything as Bernadette is, but there's a lot of of the women characters are very passive. And, right. Yeah. Okay, Pam, you like... should see if you can recruit Petra. She's oh, from she's the Black fun. Eagles. Yeah, mm -hmm. she is fun. She's the princess from uh, an archipelago somewhere off the coast. But mm -hmm. uh, she's learning the language, so that it's, sometimes she screws words up. Like the, yeah. the teacher shows up, she's like, "Oh, you have a gut." No, you know, and, <laughs> and, like it's you mean fun. guts? She has guts. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun too because I can kind of understand what she's saying since my, my own uh, study of Japanese is really shitty, and uh, because she speaks so poorly, I'm like, "Oh, I, I know what you're saying." So that's kind of are fun. you playing with Japanese? Uh, yeah, I'm not playing with English. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. No way! I can't. I can't play these games with English dubs, man. I never enjoy them. Uh, there's always like one or two voices I can't ignore, and then I'm like, I gotta switch. I take it you're both playing because you're not weeb trash bags. I take it you guys are both playing in English. Yeah. yeah but how do you how do you <laughs> find the voices? Are they are they all right? Yeah, they're pretty good. That's good. Yeah, I have no complaints. I, one of them is getting replaced. He, uh, it's the male voice for yeah, Violet, life. right? Byleth, that's it. Um, because I guess he was uh, like a serial abuser. So he, uh, I think the official excuse is he broke the NDA, NDA but uh, I, I doubt that's the real reason. It's probably more like the drama that's kind of surrounding uh, this guy. I think his name is Curb, Curb Defer or something like that. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I don't follow voice acting. Clearly, I don't even listen to the English voice acting. So I, I don't know who he is. I mean, two years ago, I thought every male voice actor was Matthew Mercer. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one of, is that well, who's the one that played uh, uh, Joel? That's in, who played uh, Joel in um, fucking uh, Last of Us? Oh, Troy Baker? That's, I think Troy, that's yeah, Troy, Baker. Troy Baker. I thought Troy Baker did everybody's voice for the longest time, too. So. He does most of them. Between the two of them <laughs> yeah. and... Uh, Nolan North. Nolan uh, North, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do everybody's voice. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah. one of the uh, battles, sometimes they don't require points. And last night I was doing a, 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 it was like a weekend or whatever, and I was in a battle that didn't require points, and I just got to keep doing battles over yeah, and I know, over. I was over. Doing it so too. I maxed out everybody's classes. Oh, then, oh, yeah. everybody's, everybody's starter class, I should say. Right. Yeah, I yeah. did the same thing. I did like two or three of those, and then I did the one that took your ability points. But eventually, I was getting to the point where, like, all right, now I need to. Are you balance? Are you stressing out over the instruction like I am? Like I, I, I messaged Pam and Jake, and I was like, I got my first class. I got to instruct them. I don't want to screw this up. What if I mess them up for the rest of their lives? I Pam was like, yeah, I just went for it. <laughs> I Googled uh, just tips and nothing specific. Just, uh, But I try to figure out what I, what I want their class to be in the end. 
even though yeah. I think you and can then keep build getting that. It. Yeah, so like some of the some of the characters don't have uh, the stats I want. So, but what what I'm, what's stressing me while playing this game is I know I don't know what happens. I don't actually know the story details, but yeah, I know there's a time skip, and I know that you might be fighting people you've known. So I'm desperate to recruit as many characters as I can to my to my class. And you can recruit teachers too. And I and I believe I read somewhere that they will show up to your class, which is really strange. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I don't want to miss out on any of the characters. So I'm like, I'm slowly stopping the uh, the when I'm in my free time, the uh, my usual like, oh, which characters do I like? And I want to keep you know leveling this stuff up and leveling their motivation up in favor of leveling the affection up of other characters so that I can make sure that they get into my house. Because I don't want I don't want to lose out anybody. I, I hate missing major things, and to me, characters are major things. So it's 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 gonna it's that's the only thing that's that's stressing me out while playing. But I don't know. It's it's fun. I think the only ones you cannot recruit are the lead from each house, yeah, and, and their one bodyguard, their confidant. Who's who's yeah. uh, So we know that uh, that uh, Eldegard's is that kind of yeah. It's Edge Lord and Hubert. Yeah, he loves her. Uh, what what's the Confidence Dimitri and the the uh, the guy I talked about earlier. I think his name starts with a D. Okay. Dedu? D- is what he... is it? Dedu? D-E-D-U-E? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. Is he the quiet, tall guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. tanned. Cool, so I don't have to go for um, him. Waste my time on him. And, and what's I'm not sure who it is for Claw, but obviously Pam can tell us. Yes, who is it? I'm only guessing this based on this wiki that I'm looking at, which puts okay. the confidants right beside them. But I think okay. it's Lorenz then. That's the blue-haired oh, one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's warm boy. Cool. No, not to go for. I wouldn't have went for either of those two, anyways. But it's good to know. Uh, awesome. And um, I sort of want to steal Raph because I just want to see him like in that big bulky armor. You know what I mean? On the field with a giant axe and a big shield. I yeah. Imagine he'd look right cool. Probably would. I like that too. That the the outfits change based on the class. So they're Fun, not right? always wearing the same thing because I hate the sleeves in our teacher's outfit. Oh my god! Yeah, what? I'm not a who fan of the sleeves, design that. Uh, probably their character artist. I don't know his name. Though. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, that's probably who. <laughs> Seiji, have you ever played a Fire Emblem? I don't think so. No. You, you interested now after hearing us gush? Like, if I wasn't paying too much attention, it seems like you guys are like talking about like a TV show or something like that. Or <laughs> that's pretty fair. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of characters and stuff like that, but it doesn't sound like a game. To me, anyway, maybe you're in context and you understand like doing a certain action requires certain game actions or stuff that I would identify as a game action anyway. So you're, in your free time, you have certain actions you can do to interact and build relationships. So like uh, you might share a meal or you might do choir practice. So th- those actions will will level up like a motivation, which is what your students learn, use to learn extra skills or, or extra experience. And then there's uh, char- uh, affection, which is how you build support conversations and which is ultimately a way that you can bring people into your house. And the actual bulk, I guess uh, theoretically the bulk of the game would be the combat. That's traditionally what Fire Emblem is, uh, which is your uh, strategy RPG grid based. You bring in your troops. It's actually very, very in depth, but mm-hmm. I guess people are more interested in the social aspects, at least when it comes to conversation, because all the characters and stuff are kind of the, I don't know. They've become kind of the draw of these games, despite the fact that they're traditionally strategy JRPGs. I played Awakening and Birthright on casual mode, which is where if somebody dies, they come back at the end of the fight. But I started this on classic mode, and I found that my strategy on the battlefield 
involves retreating a lot more than it used to. Not like actually retreating, but like pulling my characters back instead of co- constantly pushing forward. Like Ooh. I'm super careful now. You're playing with before. Yeah. You're insane. I cannot. That the amount of stress <laughs> and pressure I would feel playing this game, there's no way in hell I could ever let a character die. So I had to rewind you, time once. <laughs> if you don't if you don't know already, Fire Emblem is one of the is a, I don't like I'm sure other games have done it, but it's always been kind of famous for being difficult because if your units fall in battle, they are dead forever. But in the since awakening, you can kind of turn on casual mode, which means to come back at the end of the fight. So you're still punished by them not getting experience and affection and all that stuff, but not nearly as bad as never having the character again. And, and to me, what's the point? Because here's what's going to happen: you're going to rewind every time. There's no way you're going to let a student die. So you're just going to be but like, I got to get this battle rewinds again. per fight. But you're going to I'm not going to rewind in the start you of the fight. We'll reload the fight. You're going to see one of your favorite characters die over and over again. You're going to realize that you've done fucked up, and now you're going to have to start this. <laughs> I like to think that if I'm a good enough leader, they yeah. won't fall. Well, what if they do? What if your favorite falls and you can't undo it? I imagine you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> <laughs> if they go down, I do too. Yeah. The sorrow will crush me. <laughs> I was actually surprised at the time rewind mechanic because originally I put it on... Um, the no permadeath mode and then i regretted it and i restarted oh, with wow. the classic mode but like one of my characters died and i was like oh no they're dead and then it's like oh no you can just rewind time i was like oh well that's not a big deal then what's the point of having two difficulties yeah i rewind time too just so i don't they don't lose out on experience mm-hmm. uh, i haven't run out yet of because i know you can run out of rewinds but yeah, i haven't three that is it just three but it's it's there pam so that you and i can feel like we're better fire emblem gamers and hey that's cool man. i guess so <laughs> you guys you guys are you guys are badasses like i cannot keep up because i just don't want to thought of doing it rest on me of losing a beloved character i, I can't no it's too much like uh, i would i wouldn't have i would have played the game if that option wasn't there, but I'm, I'm glad it's still there. For the, us it's casuals. even worse because I like them all so much. Like, I'm watching the support conversations, and Ferdinand and I love Hubert that guy. don't get along. Ferdinand's the son of the prime minister, so it's his job to advise yeah. Lord and let her know when she's making wrong choices. <laughs> but Hubert is her confidant, and he's sort of a yes man, so he's always agreeing with her, and he th- finds Ferdinand to be impertinent. So he's, he's always like, why are you pushing so much? Why don't you just do what you're told? Fall in line. So their dynamic is that they don't get along at all. And from Ferdinand's point of view, he doesn't think that Hubert can be a good uh, confidant or a good advisor because he doesn't speak his own mind. He doesn't have his own thoughts. And Hubert thinks that Ferdinand won't be a good prime minister because he doesn't do what he's told. He doesn't fall in line. But watching them develop this relationship makes me so much more attached to them than I was Mm -hmm. before. Uh, it's, uh, it's such a good game. I'm really enjoying it. But I Fer- totally see how it sounds like a television show. <laughs> Fer- Fernandan, by the way, is awesome. I love boisterous characters with large egos uh, that are kind of full of themselves. Like, he's always talking everything about, like, if you look at his likes page, it's like, <laughs> every one of them is about being noble. <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> I I think his dislike was, like, nobles who aren't noble, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. And if you put if you see him uh, talk to uh, Dorte or however it's pronounced, um it, she hates nobles so those two he, he keeps asking why do you hate me and she keeps basically telling him but he can't understand why she <laughs> hates him he can't conceive yeah. the fact it's because he's noble uh it's, i did it's hear funny. matthew mercer in this he did the voice of one of the random guards throughout the oh. the monastery i caught it and i was like oh yeah that's him 
or the guy who originally played Leon Kennedy. <laughs> when he was eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, after, like, after the fact, him and I are the same age. So, okay. <laughs> so when Resident Evil 2 came out, we were like teenagers. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Jeez. Yeah, so probably wasn't him. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Fire Emblem. It's great. Everybody should play it. No damage. Um, do you guys have anything else to, that you want to talk about before we go to, to the topic? Because I do realize that we have been talking about Fire Emblem for like a half hour. Um, it's so hot lately in, in Canada in general. So hot. It almost feels like it's the, uh, the tropics. Oh, boy. Right? Right? And you know what happens uh, at night? It's it's nighttime and there's there's stars everywhere. Star Tropics. All right. <laughs> Why didn't you say it's time for the tropic? Instead of topic. Oh, that's because you always yell the word topic, right? Yeah, you're always yeah, like yeah. topic. You could have said topic. Tropics. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I like my like really awful, very obvious uh, punchline that's coming. And uh, but but I always feel like I'm so self satisfied with my own joke coming that I'm just like just like breathing it in as I'm setting quote unquote setting it up. Right. And it always falls flat. Anyways, so we're talking about Star Tropics. Star Tropics. I get a little blurb about it from Wikipedia. So it's not really my. Well, I did reword it a little bit. So it's basically like a high school report. You know, you take a little bit, change a little bit. An action adventure game released in 1990 for December for North America. And then a little bit later for uh, European. No release in Japan. It was created by Nintendo R&D3, directed by Genyo Takeda. And it was made especially for us in the West. Uh, and it was on the NES Classic that came out recently uh, as well. So that's uh, that's like, uh, yeah, Star Tropics, man. Uh, have you guys, have you people, played this game before for this episode? And why, why don't you go first, Pam? All right. Yeah, I have played it. It was one of the games I had on my original Nintendo. I got it as a present for my first communion from my grandma. Uh, so I've definitely played it a lot over the years. It was one of the first games I did a review on when I started my YouTube channel. So yeah, pretty familiar with it. Damn. All right. Well, you're obviously going to be the pro on this episode. <laughs> um, and how about you, Sadie? Nope. Never played it before. As a child, never knew about it. This is one of the games that that I, I learned about later in my life, especially through like YouTube. Probably uh, the uh, gaming historian video was the first time that I learned something about it that made me, you know, identify the game as, as what it is. You know, as, as you said, you know, a game that came late in the catalog and, and then it was directed by someone important in Nintendo because Kenyo Takeda is, is a really high up executive in Nintendo. And, and what else? Oh, yeah, that it was made for the Western market, I guess. For us, woo! Yeah. Uh, how about you, Sean? Uh, we, sorry, you were so excited that it was made for the Western market. And I Sagey just wanted was that. Like, yeah. I want to hype it up. I got to balance counterbalance Sagey. <laughs> it's awesome. 
Uh, yeah, we played it as kids. I think we rented it. I don't remember if we had the letter or if the code was written in the booklet. Mm. But we played it as kids, and I think we may have beaten it as kids. Uh, and I, I played it again on my NES Online. It's one of the free games that comes with paying the $20 a year for Switch Online services. It's true. Uh, love it. It's fantastic. Uh, I think I've played this game before. Maybe on emulator. You know, actually, oh, I prefer- and, oh, we did ahead. it for the club, but I think I was gone then. Hmm. I don't know Were who's on that the, show. The literal tropics at that point. You're, uh, you're no, no, I've never actually gone to the tropics. I go to uh, I only ever go to like Eastern Bloc countries or the Africa, okay. sometimes Europe. Right. All right. Well, that's too bad. You really ruined that setup by not going Sorry. to a place. So maybe next time just lie a little bit. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we sailed under the Southern Cross. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to Sea Islands? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were actually swallowed whole by a whale once. Oh, wow. Um, I, and I asked myself this question. Have I played this game before? I don't. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. I don't really don't know. I think I've started it a couple of times. And then I was like, yeah, this is weird. I don't feel like playing this. Uh, all right, my next question was, have you beat it before and also this time? So this time I'll go first. Obviously, I did not beat it before, and I did beat it this time because I'm dedicated to the show, and I always make sure that I, I finish the whole game so that someone can come on and talk about, you know, they're informed, although we have a guest who way more informed than I am. Uh, so, Pam, obviously you have beat this before, right? I have beat this before. Uh, this time around, I just played a little to refamiliarize myself, to be honest. <laughs> That's pretty fair. It's pretty, if I had already beat this, I certainly wouldn't have replayed it. And I mean, Seiji, obviously, you've not beat it before. And Sean already kind of spoiled that by saying that he did. Yeah, and I played through it last weekend in one day. I took Saturday oh, yeah, and I beat thing, it. Right? Yeah, sort of live tweeted my way through it. It's a good time. Live tweet, why didn't you stream it? I don't don't do that anymore. Oh, you guys are done with that already? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, my other question was, and we kind of touched about this a little bit, but it's it's worth, I don't think we'll get too much out of this question, but uh, I do have a dumb story with mine. But I was wondering what, where, or rather, what you've heard of the game, or if you had heard of it, or anything kind of like preconceived going into the game. Like, what did you know about it in advance? Um if you played as a child, probably that's kind of where you were informed. But maybe you heard about more stuff because you didn't play it for years after. Um, but Seiji, you said you heard it from the a lot about it from gaming historian. Yeah, he made a video about it some time ago. I don't think too long ago, and I found the story very very interesting. Yeah, and I think in general, I think that's why this game is notable because mm-hmm. of of its development story rather than the actual gameplay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, Not entirely, at least. All those people on the show might might think it differ. Um, What is that story? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, it was released only in the the West for a Western audience. And the participation of, of, I think, Genio Takeda, I I would say. Like all of those things being uh, like an obscure Nintendo game released for the West and came out very late and... That's usually how every time I listen 
or I or I hear someone talk about it, it's it's in in that light. I don't think it has a lot of nostalgic value, but it seems like it has for you too. So it's interesting, right? Let's yeah. pretend that I don't actually know anything about retro games and I've been faking it for six years. Yeah. Who is Genya Takeda? Pretend. We're pretending. Right. Role playing. <laughs> Role playing. That's right. Hypothetically. Because <laughs> you said twice now, you said he was like a big deal. I, uh, yeah. Let's pretend I don't know who he is. Tell us about him, Seiji. Tell us about Takeda. Well, this guy has been in Nintendo for a long, long time. Miyamoto, people like that. And then I think Takeda, on the times of, like, later times, he was directly involved in the creation of the Wii. Like, he could be considered the the father of the Wii, in a way. Of course, cool. you know, you have Iwata being, like, he, he takes most of, of the credit because he was the, the CEO. But I think Takeda is more of a, of a technical guy, and he's been the head of, of hardware for a really long time in Nintendo. That uh, that totally syncs up with everything that I knew about him as yeah. well. Thank you for playing the pretend game. He was testing you, Seiji, with uh, clearly showing you all of that information. And he's pulling back a lot more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s, I I was definitely into games at that point, and I, I had an interest in retro games, but I didn't really buy any, or I wasn't like collecting, for sure I wasn't collecting. Um, so I remember going down to this computer repair shop because I needed to get my computer repaired, um, and they had like this used bin, and I kept looking, I would look at them because they had a couple games, and I remember they had Zoda's Revenge 2 there. And I would just, I, I, I just always get tempted to buy it, but it, it was like more money than I had at the time, even though these games are extremely cheap to buy. I do have them both now. Uh, but I remember just like wondering what the hell this game was, and I remember looking it up. So I've always had this kind of like passing interest in Star Tropics, but I never really knew much about it or really got into it. I knew it had a really sweet North or why else to say North American? They're all North American. It had a really sweet cover uh, for the game, it was a nice little painting. Of the uh, of the Sea Island, I believe, and then the second cover is it's like a it's they're pretty good paintings actually. I, I like I quite like the covers for for Star Tropic, but that's that's all I really knew about it going in. And then of course, as I got older, YouTube videos and all that. Hey, play Star Tropic. So <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, I had heard of it before. Cool, and I, I I'm sure that uh, this is a redundant question. Pam, so obviously you'd heard of it and have played it before, so it's kind of pointless. So let's move on to the plot. Uh, you play as um, Rad Teen, known as Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Come, Mike Jones. Pitcher. Right. As he comes to visit his uncle at his lab at Sea Islands. And when you get there, you find out he's gone missing. And so a boy armed with his yo-yo goes out on an adventure to save him. And then shenanigans ensue. So we can flesh out the story a bit if you want, but uh, I guess we're in spoiler spoiler territory. Uh, actually, before that, though, real quick, this is just directed Seiji because all the three of us beat it. How far did you get in the game, Seiji? I got as far as a place with gravestones, and I went in, right. and then I got out, 
but I, mm-hmm. I, I, I guessed that I got it wrong because I didn't progress me to the next part. And then that was it. Yeah. It's like what? Chapter three, right? Sounds, yeah. sounds like a book. Chapter three. Sounds chapter three ish to me. <laughs> I think I was looking uh, for, for some sort of a healer for a girl that was sick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember where that is. I, I actually played uh, months ago and then stopped and then finished it. Show. So that was during the, that was the pre stop era for me. So I kind of remember this location. But it started getting hard around here, I found. Yeah. Anyways, so what do you guys think about uh, the story of this of this game? It's not your typical kind of action RPG setting of the time or action adventure um, with medieval or even super sci-fi. It's kind of it's kind of a modern modern setting, almost a slight real world setting. Although that does <laughs> that's kind of go off the rails as you're playing the game. Uh, but Pam, uh, what, what do you what 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 do you think of the story of this? Anything that stands out to you or that you like or anything you want to talk about at all, really? Yeah, I like the story. I find that in a lot of NES games, the story tends to be go rescue this princess or mm-hmm. go beat this big bad. Uh, this is sort of interesting in that this story changes as you go, like you keep learning more. So it's a little a little more complex than than a lot of games. So I I thought it was pretty good story. It goes a little off the rails at the end, but <laughs> it, really, it really does. Uh, CG, do you plan to beat this game or ever play it again? Even I don't know. In terms of story, if you're asking me if I would finish just to know what happens in the end, like I'm not really that interested. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my answer. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a, the big spoilers. So if you really need spoilers for this game, uh, you can skip ahead a little bit. But uh, yeah, so your uncle was kidnapped by aliens and you go into their their alien ship to find these these uh cubes and then you destroy the aliens something along those lines. does that sound right to you guys no that about sums it up yeah yeah, yeah. You find the, the cubes win the day <laughs> defeat zoda and or you... do you what about the name of the of the Star game tropics is that somehow related to the uh you're in the, the tropics yeah, so... and they come from the stars as you're going through the different towns, different people will tell you that they saw uh, shooting stars in the sky one night, and that one of them crash landed into the into the land somewhere. Then you end up finding this melted mass of metal. Three holes are in it. When you do find your uncle, who is super helpful and agrees to stay alone in the cave while you go and fight aliens, nice guy. As fifteen year old Mike Jones, <laughs> he uh, he tells you, you know, yeah, it was an alien spaceship. Those are three cubes that have some sort of power, and uh, the aliens are—they want them back, and they're—they're they're bad, bad aliens. And you fight them. You put bananas in your ears, Sean. You were confused yeah. when I asked you. Remind me of that. I don't. I still don't remember that sentence it's coming a, up. It's a joke uh, every once in a while throughout the game, and then there's even a cutscene at the very end—not cutscene, an image at the very end with him and two bananas in his ears. He blocks out some like uh, sonic or or. Or audio attack with by putting bananas in his ears, literally putting bananas in his ears, which just the idea of that makes my skin crawl because it feels like it would be like I don't like anything in my ears, but like imagine jamming these mushy objects into your ears. Ah, bleh, I don't like it. <laughs> bananas only go in mouths, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but uh, 
that's that's the alien thing. So it's it's a little goofy. All right, all right. Well, I like the plot, boys. So let, let's get to the the uh, the meat and potatoes of this game. That's the gameplay. Does anybody want to describe how you play this game? Because I talk a, a lot in this show. But he's I, I mean, we brought Pam on here. We hear Sydney every <laughs> week, so. Pam, tell, <laughs> tell us about the gameplay. Sure. So the gameplay is a sort of top-down 2D perspective. Uh, it's very similar to the original Legend of Zelda. It takes a lot from that game. So uh, there's sort of two different things. One is the overworld map or the town maps where you go around and talk to people and find out what you're supposed to be doing. And then there is the dungeon, which sort of zooms in a little bit. You move on a grid, so there's no moving uh, diagonally in this game. Um, that doesn't come in until the second one, Zoda's Revenge. And you use your handy yo-yo to defeat enemies. And uh, as you go, you can find new weapons like a baseball bat or like a throwing star type thing. The cleats. Mm -hmm. I love the cleats. There's some special items you can find, like uh, you can freeze time for a little bit or there's some health potions and things. And you can increase your, your health by finding hearts. Yes. Out in the wild. Yeah, that's that pretty much covers it all. Oh, this is great. I don't have to try and sum it up. Good. Um, is there anything else that popped it up? I want to talk about the gameplay because to me, I, this is where everything falls apart. And what you so all right? Well, maybe I'll be a dissident, but I hate it. I hate it's, it's like tank controls for a 2D top down game. You have oh, to turn mic around and you have to jump. And I and I oh, man, I've died so many times in this game. To, to the controls more than anything else and i really hated it i and he would move in weird directions sometimes and i would be like i'm pushing down why are you going this other way and i would get killed by the enemies and i hated it those boulders those damn boulders i'm all worked <laughs> up you if you hit the boulders with your yo-yo they freeze yeah well i i didn't figure that out until later and oh. that made it a lot so easier. It's the game's I... fault that you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Good. It doesn't tell me. It doesn't say. <laughs> right. like, like a parrot doesn't show up and go, hey, Mike, hit the boulders with your yo yo. That'll stun it. Like modern games would. You don't just like, shoot everything? <laughs> well, not boulder because I didn't think it would do anything. It's a yo yo. What's a yo yo going to do? Can you imagine standing there and you're in a hallway and this giant boulder comes down? You're like, I got this. Yo yo. You're only out. limited <laughs> by your imagination, Rob. No, you're limited by the game and its <laughs> controls. Just let me move. I like. I like that you have to tap the direction you want to move. I hate it. To turn and face it before you start moving it because it allows you to park yourself on a square in a, in, a, in a room and you can kill things as they're moving towards you without actually moving off that space. I, I found it so convenient for the combat. And when you're when you're actually moving, you get you get good enough at it. It's almost like Tokyo drifting around corners. I really <laughs> I do. I really like it. I like the. Uh, I like the. Combat. I believe you like it. Yeah. Full disclosure: When I played it last weekend, yeah, I did use save states. Me um, too. Hardcore. And I did use a walkthrough. Yeah, you need those things to have a good time, unless you're a child in the the nineties. Yeah. Or you mastered. Or it. you're, or you're good at games. <laughs> or you're really good at games. Don't yeah. people speed run this game? Didn't you tell me someone just pan, pan yeah? A friend of mine, Adam, um, the bug doctor on Twitter. Uh, Oh, he uh, he's like an actual 
is he an uh, PhD in entomology? Is that it? Entomology. Entomology. Yeah. Entomology. No, he studies. He studies your mother's sisters. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, he, <laughs> he speed runs it, and uh, I think he. I think his time is like an hour ish right now to beat the game. Wow. Took me like twelve yeah. with save states. Yeah. Well, and, and six of those were just trying to get past the boulders. Uh, actually, way more than six. That took me yeah. a while because I didn't know I could stun them. <laughs> Who's going to shoot? Who's going to use their, their yo-yo to, to attack a boulder? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, after dying for an hour, I would try anything. It was like five <laughs> minutes. What is Sage, Sage, what do you think like of the uh, quote-unquote tank controls? They didn't think about that control scheme in that way. But now that you mentioned it, I was like, oh. Yeah, definitely was part of the weirdness. But, you know, in, in some games, I just find it annoying. But I didn't find anything in this game particularly annoying in, in the controls. It, everything was fine. Like, anything that you can and can't do with a character when, when, when you're playing, that's going to define how you design the spaces, how you design the the enemies, and, you know, different situations around what you have to do with the controls. And everything was well-designed, I found. Like... If you can't do this this kind of thing, or if it's kind of kind of cumbersome to change direction, like there was nothing in the game that required you to do it quickly, so that part was fine. The problem that I found is that it's not so much that it was inconvenient for certain game situations; it was just kind of dull, and and that's how I found the gameplay in general. Like everything was kind of like, why would you make it this way? It's just gonna make everything kind of boring. And it was okay. You're Pam, I need you here. You gotta, you gotta help me redeem the Star Tropics controls. Yeah, I think they work pretty well. It's, it's one of those things where you play and you're like, oh, you know, maybe it would be best if I wasn't con- confined to this grid because, especially when you're jumping or anything, like you're very much, um, you have to be where the map is telling you to be. And sorry, um, okay. <laughs> and. Um, in the sequel, they change that. So you're no longer confined to the grid. You can move diagonally, but then you realize because it's not designed that way, really, that has its drawbacks too. So anytime you're doing something like jumping over water or fire, uh, you you aren't confined to like jumping directly onto the spot where you're going. So it's... Um, it that way has its drawbacks as well. But no, I find, I mean, it is kind of slow. It is a very deliberate way of moving, but I think it works well for the most part. I guess I'm the minority and I hate it. Um, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, well, that's okay. I, I Even I'm allowed to be wrong sometimes, I guess. But I don't think I am. Uh, okay. Having an opinion doesn't make you wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of other stuff that you do makes you wrong. But Having an opinion doesn't make you wrong. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You know, that was really uplifting. No problem. Uh, all right. Well, we're, coming, we're getting pretty close to the old the old uh, damage part. But uh, do you guys have any opinions on the music or graphics? I have some uh, bros and cobs. Well, that comes with the, the damage part. Oh, is that the damage thing? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I always I'll do. save it. I mean, come on. You're, this is your second episode as a host. You should really know what you're doing by now. I'm sorry. Listen, I hosted really another show for five years and never knew what I was doing there either. So <laughs> you should be happy I even have pants on today. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, well, that's, that's pretty nice of you, man. Pulling all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, we can just wrap that up with the damage. Let's just go on to damage. 
Um, okay, so the game will have four hearts worth of health, and we're responsible for each, uh, a heart each. So you can do full damage, which, which would mean that you hate the game, probably, and don't recommend it to anybody. Actually, it really doesn't mean you hate it. This means you wouldn't recommend anybody play it. And uh, no damage means that you probably do like the game and that you would say, hey, y'all should play this game. It's great. And then everything in between. It's a recommendation system that is definitely affected by your own biases of how much you enjoy the game or like the game. So no matter what you say, your opinion, it's all opinion. All opinion all the time. Uh, since Pam's, I guess she can go last. Oh, I'll go first, actually. Uh, I don't think this game is better than Secret of Mana. And we shat all over Secret of Mana last episode. What? So I don't feel like there's any way I could give this less damage than Mana. However, fortunate for Star Trek is I don't remember what I gave to Secret of Mana. So it's kind of safe. So my woohoos, I like the setting. Modern, but with sci-fi elements, which is pretty fun. I actually quite enjoy that kind of setting. I thought the boss designs are pretty fun. Actually, the boss fights are mostly easier than navigating stupid dungeons. Uh, I didn't see the aliens coming. Uh, I like the weapon and health upgrades. It, your yo-yo can become a morning star, and then it becomes... uh fuck's it called? What, do you remember the name of the last weapon? Nova. Oh, that sounds cool. And then it becomes a Nova. And then you can get, like, laser guns. There's a lot of, like, little weapons you can find. They're kind of dungeon-based, so once you leave the dungeon, they go away. Uh, which is actually kind of a, a negative because whenever I get a consumable in a game, I save it because I'm like, ah, what if I need it? And I would have rather than just spend weapons you found. Anyways, and I enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, my boohoos was I found way too hard <laughs> after the halfway point of the game. Um, without save states, I would have, I never would have finished this game. Not not in time. I would have, I would have quit it. So, Thanks to the save states, I guess. Uh, I found the overall graphics kind of bleh. But then again, it's the NES, so take that what you will. And although I like the music, it's kind of used constantly throughout the game. So it gets a little repetitive after a while. And I wrote down that the controls makes you want to tear my face off. So I definitely <laughs> wasn't feeling it. So I will give this game three quarters damage. Sean. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm happy to follow that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I said so Rob has boohoos and woohoos. Yeah, I like to measure the pros and cons, or as we call them, the bros and cobs. <laughs> so, bros for Star Tropics is the first off is the music. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the best music on the NES or if it's the best music on a Nintendo game. Period. Wow. It's catchy. It's upbeat. Uh, you can't help but start dancing. Why don't you hum, one and hum some right now since it's so memorable to you? Uh, next up is the setting. <laughs> <laughs> I like how colorful the environment is. I like how all of the dungeons look. I like how they each feel a little different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the continue system is a massive bro. If you are somebody who is not extremely she, impatient, yeah. that also gets frustrated like myself, uh, the continue system is very fair in that it starts you back at the, the beginning of the dungeon. If you lose all of your lives, and if you only lose one death, then uh, there are waypoints that are invisible, but they exist within the, the stages. They'll start you with those. So it is very forgiving for people playing the game traditionally. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if you're someone like me who likes to save state between screens or between <laughs> enemies or <laughs> you know, between shots. <laughs> Not that I did that, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, graphics, I think the, the overworld stuff is sort of 
typical NES graphics, but the in dungeon stuff is really sharp for yeah, uh, for being. And that's I think it, the fact that it was a late life cycle game is the reason for that. And controls I have as a bro because I I found that the game when you when you play it like itself and you try don't try to play it like a Zelda. If you try and play it like Zelda, the controls are are a problem. But if you understand that this is a different game and play within the rules that it sets out, then the mm-hmm. controls are are an advantage, I think. Cobbs, uh, difficulty spike, uh, and it, I think it's a little later than the halfway point for me when I found it. But there is a difficulty spike where this game goes from I'm um, having a, a a reasonable challenge to what the fuck, um, yeah, yeah, and like that, especially the last stage is is tough. Off. A little walkthrough, I don't think I would have beaten it for it's this. really hard. And my last cob is the cheap deaths. There are some screens that if you don't know not to go into them, uh, you just die. So I'm not a fan of that style of gameplay. I feel like there should, as a player, you should be able to tell there should be a hint or a tell that says when something is bad. It's It goes back to what we talked about with uh, Super Mario Maker and Meat, Super Meat Boy last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago. And I find there are some cheap deaths in this. So all those things weighed out. Uh, I think Star Tropics is a fantastic game. It's available on the NES Classic. It's available on NES Online. And the cart itself isn't super expensive. Uh, So I would definitely say uh, no more than one quarter damage. So I think everybody should try this. Unless you're somebody who gets like super aggressively frustrated with a difficulty spike. Uh, Then maybe skip it. And if you're still not sure, go watch Pam's review and see if that helps. Good plug. is great yeah you you i brought you on the show because you're the best for uh shilling for everybody yeah that's what i do i, I, I mean i also had a show where all we did was shill other shows <laughs> yes yeah. it was basically the home shopping network for podcasts <laughs> <laughs> all right sage you're up buddy okay let me think about this a little bit so it's just that i didn't find anything particularly good with this game that i would recommend but at the same time, there's nothing particularly bad about it that would prevent me from recommending this game. It's a well-built game. It came late in the life of the NES, so I guess they've they've had a lot of resources to build something like this. So it's a technically polished game for the NES, I find. Um, a lot of the challenges that are put for the player are well-established. Uh, the approaches, I think it's simple, but it's also good because it's simple. Like there's not a lot of complications in terms of what you have to do. I think it's clear. Usually it's hard to get lost in this game because everything seems very, very linear. And when there's choice or an apparent choice to go, you know, uh, to explore, for example, you can go right or left or up or down. Like usually there's something preventing you from going in a certain direction or a character that tells you that you can't go in here yet. Or you'll talk to a character and it's very overt like that. Like, oh, go talk to the daughter first. Like stuff like that, right? I think the spirit of that sort of gating, it's the correct one. At the same time, there's no surprises, which I find also an interesting that's where, where I find it complicated. If there are some flaws in this game, they're toned down for me because I played it on the on the Switch's NES app. I don't know how it's called. And it has this, this time rewinding feature that I think it's new. 
I used it. Yeah. It was so useful because as as Sean was, as Sean mentioned, there's a lot of cheap deaths, especially like uh, in, in the dungeon mode. They'll put you on a dark room and then you don't know what you're supposed to do. And it's so here's the thing, like what is the behavior that you're trying to produce on the player, right? What is the gameplay that, that comes out of this? And it's just too punitive, I find. Like it's going to make you lose time because you, you have to learn certain patterns and then there's like there's enemies around like i found that very annoying at the same time there were some later some later later dark rooms not the first ones when it first gets introduced it's just annoying but then there's this part where there are like four snakes and if you i think the way you, you resolve this puzzle is that you you don't know where the path is you know you have you have to jump somewhere and there are four snakes that are sufficiently far away so that you know how snakes work, right? If if they see you in front of you, they'll mm-hmm. walk towards the character on the same axis. At this point of the game, you already know that you can jump over one square of the grid. And then I think it... I, I, I thought it was pretty cool that when you walk in front of one of the snakes, it comes closer to you than the other ones. And you, you know that that's where you, you need to do the jump. That was pretty good. You know, that was a good way to resolve that. But at the same time, when when that mechanic is introduced it's very very sloppy and it's just put there as a gotcha moment and i hate gotcha moments in games in general like if if that happens you're just doing it because and i think we talked about this in the uh um in the previous episode when we were talking about um designing stages for mario maker right mm-hmm. those kinds of stages that you're just gonna die when you get to some point if you don't know that something's going to happen like that is the worst kind of of game design sometimes it can work just to if if there is some way so that is not so punitive right it, you, it's easy to go back you don't lose too much but you know in this game even though it's not so bad um it's still because the pace of the game is kind of slow like it's just very bothersome like if it, if something makes you want to stop playing a game that that's bad and and <laughs> that's why i didn't beat this game because i will play it and then i'll find one, i'll find one of these moments and i was like oh, okay i'm done like i have better better things to do then <laughs> but at the same time like it's charming it's it's not a bad game so yeah that's my opinion of it it's like it's not good like it's good it's just not that good it's not that bad so I'll go with half damage. Half damage. All right, Pam, finish it off. All right. Um, I always considered this Legend of Zelda, but good. Um, <laughs> I like it. I think it's got one of the best soundtracks on the NES. And um, it the gameplay can be a little ponderous at times, but I really like how it mixes up the dungeons with the overworld and the conversations and things like that. Um, the difficulty spikes can be a little jarring as well. There's a few sort of secrets that it is hard to find. Like one particularly annoying level is where you're finding the crystal ball in the pond and there's the ghost levels and mm-hmm. you can... Um, you can sort of end up leaving the level and having to redo it if you don't exit at the right spot. Like that was something that was particularly annoying to me. And if I didn't have the game memorized, uh, would definitely turn me off. But um, 
I think it's a good game. It's fun to play. Uh, it's got a bunch of cool characters to see and some sort of funny moments. So I would say one quarter damage. Nice. Which brings us at two and three quarters health remaining. That's actually pretty highly rated for us lately. So well done, Star Tropics. You really, you really came through in the end. Somehow Ooh. you're you're better than Secret of Mana. Great. I mean, it's way better. It's way better than Secret of Mana. <laughs> no, it's fun. I, I, I'm really happy I played it, and I think I might actually play the sequel, or at least try the sequel out. I'm pretty interested in it, especially if they, maybe the control schemes are. Yeah, I could see the appeal. I just, I didn't like it. It is really what really frustrated me the most, the cheap deaths and shit that kept coming during the latter half of the game, because I was enjoying up to chapter four because it wasn't so difficult, but uh, the, the later chapters were wretched for me. Uh, I, I found, like, in the last year, I've really super embraced guides and walkthroughs. Oh, yeah, uh, they're the best. <laughs> previously, and my brother still lives this way, you know, they were sort of taboo, you know, off limits. But I get so much more out of games when I just know what to do. You know, when someone says, go and do this. And the argument some people will make is, oh, well, why even play it? You're just reading it. Just watch a Let's Play. Well, because I'm still playing it. I'm still having fun. You yeah. know, just because I'm reading what to do doesn't mean, you know, I I can suddenly magically my fingers can just just do it, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I have found that walkthroughs have enhanced my my gaming experience and it, it cuts down on the time that I feel like I'm wasting, which is good because for me, if a game's wasting my time or I feel like I'm not making progress, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, although I, with Fire Emblem, no walkthrough. Just I'm going in blind ish. Blind ish. If if there was, I, I think we should do a topic sometime on, on walkthroughs and just in general. But like for me, it's like I I just don't want to waste time. I want to play as many games as I can before I die and try to dent my collection. And I just don't have to, I just don't want to spend forever being stuck. So I I use a, I will play until I'm stuck, and then I'll use a walkthrough. And then once I'm unstuck, I'll come back to it again. But when the games are this difficult, yeah, I had a, for the latter half of the game, I had to walk through the entire time because I'm like, I don't know, I'm I'm getting wrecked, and nice. yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm pro walk through. You know, you're the better brother. If uh, if I Mark am, is, yeah. I mean, Mark's against that, and is silently judging us right now. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I can I honestly can see both points of view, which is why it might make for a fun episode to talk about this. We might actually need guests though, because I'm pretty sure. Well, you and I are pro walkthrough, and I don't think Sagey cares either way. So, probably need some some anti walkthrough people. Well, I have an I have an opinion on that. But oh yeah, know. well, do you want do you want to save it or do you want to do you want to add it on real quick? I'll add it quickly. Do it up if you guys don't mind. It's Not just that I don't mind walkthroughs. I I even think it's its own thing that you can enjoy, like a, a well written walkthrough, like on on Game Facts. It's a lot of fun to read. Like some some of them are really annoying, and they, they don't give you the information uh, that you need, and they're like beat around the bushes to to tell you, you know, the stuff. But okay, so here's the thing: like th there might be games out there that are good if someone explains them to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like once you get to, once you're properly onboarded to the experience, you can enjoy the game. There, there's a lot of games like that. I think the minority of the games have really good systems to deliver those gameplay elements to you, like getting you in the intended gameplay, the intended experience for you. Right. So a walkthrough is like when someone explains a joke to you, right? 
the joke might be good, like the punchline might be good. If you were in context of certain things, you would understand the joke and have a good laugh. And a game can be like that a lot, right? Yeah, I get you. But still, a, a joke that needs explaining, there was a failure in delivery, right? <laughs> so it's kind of like the same with games. Like if if you need a walkthrough to actually get the full you know, juice out of it, there's something wrong with the delivery systems. Now, let me put it this way. So I don't think there's it, it's bad to use a walkthrough, but I think that if you can enjoy a game without a walkthrough, there's more merit to the game because they thought about that onboarding experience. Yeah. And that is very notable and it's rare. Not a lot of games do it really, really well. So yeah, there is a failure in the game or at the, at the very least in the delivery of of that onboarding experience for the player. But I don't want to ramble, but I already did. But anyway, that's that's sort of my opinion on it. Uh, Pam, did you want to weigh in a walkthrough? Because it's really not fair to, for all three of us to talk about it and not give you a chance. They're fine. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, one other... There's, there's one other thing we didn't mention during the episode that I can't believe that we kind of glossed over, and that's the uh, you can't finish Star Tropics without the map or, of course, walkthroughs, because oh, yeah, there's the a fuck. frequency you have to put in, and this 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 is another infamous part of the game is that you take the the included letter that comes with the game, you dip it in water, and then it gives you the right frequency you need to find uh, your uncle, and without that, so if you're renting this in the <laughs> if you're renting this in the the 90s and didn't have access to early ass internet or or the letter good luck trying to figure that number out you'd have to call the nintendo power hotline yeah (laughs) that's right it's 747 i just saved you some time there you go i figured we should probably mention all right let's i'm gonna wrap this up for real uh cartridgeclub.org it's 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 the hip place to be you can come and talk to any of us there um so you know yeah, if you have any thoughts on Star Tropics, there is a specific thread for Bonus Barrel on the forms, which you can get by going to cartridgeclub.org, or you just type in cartridgeclub.org slash form. Nice. I'm not the sure if this is or not. Right. Um, no, forms are the same. Happy place. The main page has uh, been revamped. There's some new sheriffs in town on the forms. We have one of them here. So don't That's right. Um, <laughs> but uh, jump over there. Tell us what you think of Star Tropics. Are we out to lunch? Are the controls great? Um, yeah. Tell Rob how wrong he is. Yeah, like what do you think about walkthroughs? Definitely was, yeah. get engaged in there because the bonus barrel crew loves jumping on the forums and talking. Oh to yeah, folks. I'm so, really great for social media. You I, know where they are, Rob? I, I do. I do because if you, it's not suspended. I logged in uh, to, to double because I actually responded to a post last week. I was like, oh, oh. everybody's getting, everybody's like, there's a, everybody's you know the site revamped. I should go in and check. And uh, yeah, people do comment. I feel bad. I'm just really bad for not. But I did comment back, so I'm, I'm ahead of the game. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, awesome. awesome. And check out Pam's show. You want to tell us what it is again? Tube channel is called Cannot Be Tamed, and I just posted a review of Aladdin on Genesis. Nice. That's awesome. Like just right now? Like, yeah, like 30 seconds ago. Fuck, this is, this is, the, this <laughs> is the time the, video. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, everybody listening to us recording live right now, uh, this is this is a, as fresh as it gets, but this will be out like four days from now. So L- Lily and Shadow is that our? <laughs> <laughs> My cats are here, uh, Mom oh, okay. and Vivi. So uh, yeah, so there's a lot of animal views will be coming. 
All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And thanks so much for joining us, Pam. I hope that you'll you'll come back again sometime. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Well, this is Rob. Sean. It's AG. Pam. Bye. Are they really fine, Pam, or do you hate walkthroughs? Can't tell. <laughs> no, I use walkthroughs all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs>